I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ramdas's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ramdas, Krishnadas, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more. The Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash inner academy. Teaching meditation can be a deeply rewarding experience. Help others improve their mental and emotional well-being reduce stress, improve focus, increase self-awareness and self-regulation, all while deepening your own practice and understanding. Join acclaimed author, Buddhist teacher, and Emmy Award-winning musician David Nickturn on Tuesday, May 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for a free online discussion on teaching meditation in Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash be here now for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn on May 28th. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Real Love Podcast Series, right here on the Sharon Salzberg Meta Hour. This series features a variety of conversations with some of the world's finest teachers and thinkers, all exploring Sharon's new book, Real Love, The Art of Mindful Connection. Real Love is a field guide for anyone seeking awakened living in the 21st century. To get your copy of Real Love, visit SharonSalzberg.com. This podcast is brought to you by the Be Here Now Network. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, please visit www.BeHereNowNetwork.com backslash Sharon.
Hi, I'm Sharon Salzberg, and I'm so happy to be sitting down today with Congressman Tim Ryan for the second half of our conversation for my Real Love podcast series. For those of you just tuning in for the first time, Congressman Ryan currently serves in the U.S. Congress, representing Ohio's 13th District. He's been reelected seven times since originally being elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 2002. Congressman Ryan serves as a member of the powerful House Appropriations Committee and is co-chairman of the Congressional Manufacturing Caucus. In 2012, he published a wonderful book called The Mindful Nation, a book that I really love. We're recording today in the heart of Washington, D.C., in the Congressional Office Building. You may occasionally be hearing the sounds of construction going on just outside. And to Congressman Ryan, it's such an honor to be here with you. So I was... um, Wondering, are you still on uh, a committee dealing with addiction? Yes. Yeah. Um, doing a lot, a lot of addiction stuff. So I co-chair a caucus that's the Addiction Treatment and Recovery uh-huh. Caucus. Uh-huh. And Ohio is the worst state with opiate uh, addiction. In fact, last week we had in one night like 18 or 19 overdoses and three people died and it's just... It's a mess. It's terrible. It's terrible everywhere. Yeah. It's terrible in Massachusetts. It's terrible everywhere. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, we, we can think of um, addiction as a kind of spiritual crisis. And mm-hmm. Not only does it seem there's an economic crisis going on in this country and racial crisis and all kinds of things, but there's a spiritual crisis that mm-hmm. so many people are going through. Is, and we're looking for a sense of community. We're looking for some sense of worth, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and this has been a terrible turn, you know, into into those drugs. Yeah. You know, I remember when I first got into the state Senate, um, I was 26 or 27 years old, and a, a steel mill closed down, copper weld steel, and then it evolved into a couple other. But it closed down. It was ready to close down. And the union was trying to buy the facility through what's called an ESOP, an employee-owned. Mm-hmm. So I go to this... Um, it's an old Packard music hall, the Packard brothers who did the car and all that stuff. And they're from Warren, Ohio. So anyway, there's this big, beautiful music hall. And the union was in there. And there were about 2,000 families. And the union guys were with some professor from Kent State up on stage trying to explain mm-hmm. what does an employee-owned facility look like. You use pension money to buy it and all this stuff. And I remember there was a guy who walked up to one of the microphones there. And I was just kind of in the back, brand new state senator. And I just remember him saying, you know, we have got to do something. Um, I've got kids. I got a mortgage, you know, all that. And he said, and that's, that I go and I run the continuous caster machine. He, that's my machine. He said, that's mine. He's like almost breaking down. That's my machine. And that's the purpose, like the dignity of work. Right, it's like right, it doesn't matter right, if you're a meditation right. teacher or a congressman or a steel worker. It's like you find yeah. dignity in yeah. work, providing for your family. And even that's my machine. You know, yeah, that was yeah, a multi million yeah. dollar machine. Yeah. It wasn't quite his machine, yeah, yeah. but he ran it and that was his. And he lost that. And I think that's the crisis that you see happening in Ohio, in the South in a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. most places now in the country unfortunately that lack of uh, purpose not enough work out there that really helps you feel dignified yeah and that's the crisis we're dealing with 
And maybe we don't have a sense of interdependence enough because something I do if I go into an organization or um, a company and a question I ask is, how many other people have to be doing their jobs well for you to do your job well? Because mm. we feel so isolated. But really, yeah. that surgeon is counting on the housekeeper yeah. for that operating theater. Yeah. You yeah. know, and like Absolutely. everybody has this kind of standard of excellence. Yeah. Yeah. A buddy of mine, a congressman from Louisiana, told this story the other day. They have a lot of famous restaurants in New Orleans. And, and uh, the top chef he was talking with of one of the local restaurants was saying how the most important person in the kitchen is the dishwasher and he said well, what, what do you mean the dishwasher you're the celebrity chef and you know and he said i can tell from the what the dishwasher tells me what dinners are cooked properly what people are eating they're eating their peas they're not eating their peas <laughs> you know because of what the dishwasher so that's the most important person in that's my kitchen fabulous. And it shows that interconnectedness, yeah, that yeah. we are all connected. And right now, even though we've got machines and all this stuff, we okay. seem more disconnected than ever yeah. before. And a yeah. lack of, I think a lot of it comes from a lack of respect. You know, it's like, well, you're a teacher. You know, you're in a terrorist organization. Well, wait a minute. I know a lot of teachers, and maybe not all of them are good, but they're not terrorists. They're still teaching kids, and it's just that lack of respect for mm -hmm. people uh, that are out, you know, trying to do the work, the people who work for the city, who mm -hmm. make the sewers run and the water come on. And, you know, I get fascinated every time I go to New York City and just, I'm like, how does the water even go on? <laughs> how can I pick one of these buildings, go up to the 10th floor and turn the spigot on and like, the water comes on. Like, how does that even happen? It's yeah. a miracle. How does anything happen yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's That's that... True. It, it is that interdependence and that respect for the people that you don't always see doing yeah. doing their job. Yeah. You know, and that's all people want. They want a job and they want to be able to do it and they want to get paid a fair wage. And that's yeah. not where we're at today. And that's why we're seeing such high levels of anxiety. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's partly a role for <clears throat> mindfulness too, right? Because how do we start noticing things we're overlooking and how do we find one another again? And, mm -hmm. you know, there's certain parts of the social fabric that are just so different, like that book, which um, is so great, even just its title, Bowling Alone, mm -hmm. you know, about the breakdown of bowling leagues mm -hmm. and how people, the ways we used to come together mm -hmm. in community, it's just not happening so much anymore. Maybe church or maybe synagogue, but not to the same extent, right? Right, and right. So how do Lions we find Club, each other? Kiwanis, right. American yeah. Legion. I mean, go through yeah. the list of those yeah. institutions, unions yeah. that held held society together. Yeah. And a lot of it, what I think the mindfulness comes in is people don't feel like anyone sees them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you see what I'm going through here? And I think not to get political, but I think that's what that's how Donald Trump won. Mm -hmm. He started he made people who haven't been seen in a while feel at least seen. That's I don't right. know if they That's completely right. believed everything he was saying, yeah. but they felt like somebody saw him, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it could have been BS. Probably was, in my opinion, but that's my yeah. opinion. Yeah. But they felt that somebody saw seen. him. Yeah. And somebody heard him yeah. and was trying to speak for them. And I think that's important because yeah. that's that's really what we've lost. You know, we've we've moved into the suburbs and drive around poverty, drive around a lot of the problems that we have in society. And 
you know, it's it's part of the problem. I think if we're going to have a new version of America, it's going to start with, you know, we see, they got to start seeing each other. Yeah. You know? That's fabulous. I mean, it's interestingly enough, it's one of the ways I define love in my book, Real Love. Because oh. I talk about a dream I had where I was teaching at IMS in the dream. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was at IMS literally and, and asleep there. And uh, in the dream, I was talking to somebody and they said, why do we love people? And I said in the dream, because they see us. Mm. And then I woke up Whoa. and I thought, that's pretty good. Hey, <laughs> like, better write that down. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you got that one right. Yeah. You know, it's very hard because maybe we don't see ourselves either that well anymore. So Yeah. Or the, the real version of yourself. You yeah. see some yeah. concocted version that yeah. has evolved over time that isn't really you. Yeah. And we see that. And that yeah. and and that, you know, I mean that that does come also from a lack of opportunity. Not always, but yeah. you know, yeah. the opportunity to grow and and um, and we've got a lot of communities where that the opportunities aren't there to grow, to yeah. find yeah. a job you really like. You know, yeah. and we yeah, talk yeah. about man, just live your dream and find yeah, yeah. and follow your bliss. Follow your bliss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, follow your bliss and yeah. You know, Portsmouth, Ohio, yeah, where people privileged. are dropping dead from overdoses left yeah. and right, and yeah. factories have closed, and your social network is in that town. Although it, you know, you may not be completely happy. Your your babysitters are there, and your mom's in a local nursing home, and mm-hmm. you know if something goes wrong, your church will help you. Your social network is there, and so yeah. there's no picking up and leaving to go. Yeah. You know, go anywhere yeah. and follow your bliss. You know. Yeah, you no. got to figure, and that's where these practices come because you can find some level of happiness right where you are, as our buddy John says. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's right where you are, and also, you know, people ask all the time, like, "Well, isn't mindfulness or meditation practice just kind of self-indulgent? And you're gonna, you know, lie happily on your couch, being happy with your mm-hmm. own self and." You know, forget about all these people, but I think it's the cutting edge. It could be the cutting edge mm-hmm. if applied appropriately, you know, to finding one another again. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not like everybody in the world has to meditate, but at least if, if one has that kind of skill mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. And, and actively uses it, then uh, it's not just, you know, lobby done and having that kind of superficial mm-hmm. sense of escape at all. It's, I mean, I wish sometimes it was more of an escape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like not much of an escape. <laughs> but but uh, I'm so intrigued with that question. It's like right now in, in the political sphere, I meet so many people who say they either can't stand their own anger anymore. They're just like so angry at what's happened that mm-hmm. they're... Um, they can't, they can't abide that, and they're just in a lot of pain about that, or they feel so hopeless. They mm-hmm. just don't know what to do to try to make this a better world, and, mm-hmm. and there's such a sense of stuckness from, from those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I get it. You know, I, you know it's, it's a hard time to be a citizen today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh, not a lot of conversations, not a lot of problem solving, not a lot of people actually trying to say, okay, you're a Republican, I'm a Democrat, okay, so there's nothing we agree on, like we can't figure out anything, and that's just not the way mm-hmm. it is, and there mm-hmm. are meditators who are Republicans and meditators who mm-hmm. are Democrats, mm-hmm. um, 
And so we've got to figure out how to cross that divide. And I think it does, it does stop, start by slowing down and saying, okay, what am I so mad about? You know, and I get it. And there's a lot, I think, to be angry about. But there's also a lot to do. Yes. In local communities, you know, there's a ton of stuff, innovations going on in schools and in the, the food movement and mm -hmm. urban agriculture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many um, military families and veterans who need help and assistance. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not, you know, we, we can't expect just the president of the United States is going to fix all our problems right. or the government right. in Washington is going to fix all our problems. Right. I believe it can be a force for good. But at the same time, if it's not working, you can plug into your church and your school and be involved mm -hmm. in your community to make things better. You know, Absolutely. Not just throw your hands up and give up. I mean, that's the last thing we need right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so tempting, but it is the last thing It is tempting. To, you want to pull, pull your covers over your head in the morning and like, do I, you know, uh, who's president today, you know, and what did he tweet about, you know, it, it, it could get you, it could get you all riled up, but you got to stick with it. And, you know, what I'm trying to do now, and I think this is where the kind of the contemplation and mindfulness and awareness come in. It's like, if we just stop and look at what the challenges are in our country, it's staggering. To think about what's happening in the world. I mean, yeah. we talked about the opiate yeah. uh, problem in the country. Almost fifty some thousand people in a couple of years ago died. It's like Vietnam War happening every year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you look at teen suicides. You look at veteran suicides. You mm -hmm. look at globalization and automation and all the income inequality that's happened. Um, you look at you know climate change six degrees Celsius in the next seven years 70 years is going to increase there's three billion more people moving into the middle class in the next two decades um, our food supply has to increase by 50 percent I mean the, the, it's staggering to yeah. think about it and here yeah. we are because we're so distracted by a tweet or yeah. a news yeah. story that yeah. jacks yeah. our amygdala up and gets us all yeah. fired yeah. up about and in the, our fight-or-flight response that we're literally not solving the problems that we, that we, challenges that we have, that will overwhelm us yeah, if yeah. we don't start dealing with them. Yeah, I mean, what I, you know, what I tell people, well, first of all, I think you're totally right about everything, but, you know. Can like, you say that in the I, microphone I, yeah, again? I think right. he is completely right. Yeah, somebody if write that If only I down. lived in Ohio, Get then that I could vote the, for him, which I would Get that do. to the New York Times. But instead, <laughs> I, since I don't live in Ohio, maybe I just have to go campaign for him. And help him in any way I can because you're totally right. Um, you know, sometimes I ask people uh, in terms of going local. I say, "Who's your state senator?" And they don't even know they have one. Yeah. You know, it's just something that has gotten lost in the mm -hmm. fabric of our political discourse. And I say, "Don't you realize that you have to vote for everybody? You have to vote for sheriff. You have to vote for. Yeah. You have to participate in every." every election and yeah. and go local you know there's yeah. something there's someone who needs you and um i have some friends who, who i had a, a friend a family and uh this is before the last presidential election um where the, i said to the the young boy how old are you and he said i'll be 18 soon and i said oh you can vote and then there was like silence at the table and then later the dad said to me well, we don't vote 
I said, you've got to vote. You've got to vote. And I said, you know, a common thing to say is, well, they're not that different, the two candidates, or they're just different on the margins. And I said, there are a lot of people who live on those margins. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you may not feel you're going to be affected, although look what happened. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about a slight increase in minimum wage, that means something to somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you can't. You can't just mm -hmm. let it go. And um, and in every election, you know, mm -hmm. in, in uh, whatever, however small it seems, mm -hmm. school board, you know, like yeah. all of it. And yeah. then uh, based on that, you can tell I'm, as you know, I'm extremely passionate about voting. And mm -hmm. so something I, I feel like I've done is like in this kind of pressured time, I, I've had to say, okay, that is my issue. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I'm, not that I don't care about anything else, obviously. Mm -hmm. It'd be really sad to, you know, go to polling place and have the earth explode mm -hmm. from within mm -hmm. due to heat but you know it's like i'm going to just pour my heart into what i'm really passionate about mm -hmm. and and that kind of saves me in a way mm -hmm. um because i feel like okay I'm, I'm taking whatever kind of agitated feelings i have and i'm turning them to action mm -hmm. and i'm practicing trying to be one-pointed and, and clear and mm -hmm. you know have a good motivation and a sense of compassion in what I do. And um, I think when you just try to take it all in yeah, and you're not putting your energy in any one place or whatever places really move you, it is so overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not like you got to save the world. I mean, you just got to, you know, that's what the, the whole move coming out of World War II and that generation was like, okay, these, these young kids are going to go to the Peace Corps and VISTA and teach and, you know, everyone's going to do their thing. Maybe go into science and help the country land on the moon or, you know, design new uh, planes and there's a huge aerospace boom. And I mean, it was just like there was something for everybody. Yeah. Just go out and do it, yeah. you know, yeah. and... And then we've lost that kind of, there's a role for everybody. Well, who's mm -hmm. paying for that? The government's paying for that. I'm like, oh, are we really having this conversation? Like, yeah, I mean, the government's going to pay for certain things. And the private sector pays for other things. And together, mm -hmm. we build an economy that works for everybody. And unions are strong. And people are making a good wage and all of that. It can happen again, you know. But we've gotten this whole attitude. I mean, mm -hmm. you think about it from a deeper level about, the whole anti-government sentiment mm -hmm. in the country mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's like that's our vehicle for collective action yeah. like that's yeah. us that's right. that like, is so us. <laughs> you you can dislike it but like you don't want to hate yourself because you're yeah. we're all part of that whether you yeah. vote or yeah. don't vote and yeah. that mentality unfortunately is still living with us and it went from a sunny ronald reagan you know the government is the problem and yeah. i'll help make it better to like where we are now this has been a 30-year arc and it ends i think like it ends because then it's like well who hates the government more and now you're getting candidates who will shut down the government who say the government shouldn't pay their past debts that we have which would cause all kinds of problems or every government program is bad and then look like okay i'm not saying medicare is the most efficient program we have a bill to like cut waste fraud and abuse as a democrat i'm one of the few people that talk about it but it's like medicare provides health care for senior citizens and lifted them out of poverty you know when they you know insurance companies can't make money off of covering old sick people 
I'm so, so glad. <laughs> you know, I mean, so they, so we had to come up with a system like, okay, what are we going to do with our parents and grandparents when they get older? Well, we're going to have to create a Medicare style program where we all chip in when we're healthy. And then when you're older, 80% of your health care is covered by this program. That's not perfect, but like, let's fix it. But like, some of these guys say, well, we want to, we don't want to kill it. We just want to, uh, get it small enough we can put it in a bathtub and drown it like it's like okay that's that's not helpful like and let's argue about how to fix it we may have this idea on one side this idea on the other side but it's like that's collective action that was us solving a problem medicaid for the poor and heating assistance for people in new england and ohio when it gets cold in the winter and they don't have enough money and their heating bill goes up like don't we want to help those people because tomorrow could be you I mean, that, that's the sense of citizenship is, you know, we're here to not waste money, but we're in this together as citizens. So we do have to find one another again, because if we don't have that sense of the whole, of the collection, you know, of yeah. us, yeah. Uh, if it's almost like self and other and us and them, we're yeah. really in big trouble. Yeah. I'm really big on, on uh, national service. I think we have got to get to a point mm-hmm. where, you know, every kid you know, has to do something, you know, and if you do Mm -hmm. it for a year, you get two years of community college or college. If you do it for two years, we'll give you four years. I mean, just to, just to go out and meet people and get connected and serve, you know, we, we are social beings who need to connect at a deep social level and help each other get along. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to reestablish that because it is, it's getting so, kids are on their phone, kids don't look in the eye, kids don't shake your hand, kids are losing the social skills, the ability to talk and work problems out. I think we've got to have an act that, that says, look, you, you got to go out and, you got to go out and inter, uh, interface with people. And then you start to recognize the connection That's and true. the interconnection. It's like other kinds of people too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. White people go meet black people and brown people and learn about their culture and their religion. And, you know, rich people go, you know, meet poor people and poor people go meet rich people. And the debate today is like all poor people are bad. One side says, you know, all poor people, they're they're bad. They're, you know, they're on the dole and, you know, all the negative stereotypes that go with that. And then I think sometimes Democrats are, we we hate rich people. Wait a minute. I mean... A lot of these people worked hard. They started their own business and they made a lot of wealth and they got rich. Like that in and of itself is not a reason to hate somebody. Now, if you're greedy and you do self-dealing and you collapse the economy, you know, you you have to punish them, I think, you know, but it's like, there's no, there shouldn't be no, oh, they're bad because they're rich or they're bad because they're poor. It's like, wait a minute. It's all, doesn't it depend on who? Right. I know a lot of rich people that are nice guys, and I know a lot of rich people that aren't so nice, yeah. and yeah. vice versa. So this whole, again, it's seeing them, meeting them, getting over that fear, and getting reconnected. Yeah, well, I think you're totally right, again, because, you know, it almost doesn't matter what your ideology is. If you're caught in ideology, then we lose that human um, capacity, like for all the people who say to me, why did you go to that company to teach mindfulness, you know, mm-hmm. because that's like heartless, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the corporate world, or that's, you know, people are just trying to use these practices to get ahead and be more efficient and, and be more inhumane in a way, you know, to be more productive. 
and I don't like the word productive anyway, you mm. know, but, but I say, well, you know, I have never gone into a company and had somebody say to me, how do I feel less and how do I be more soulless so I can be more productive and get ahead? They're all talking about their alcoholic brother or their kid they're worried about or, mm -hmm. you know, they can't sleep at night because they're so stressed. Mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. And I said, people, people, mm -hmm. you know, that mm -hmm. that's the truth. But if you don't go there, mm -hmm. it's so easy to have just a thought yeah. about somebody else. And so, well, they need to be seen, too. I mean, regardless of if you're poor, or you, I mean, there's some lonely, lonely rich people. Yeah. Who build a prison with their wealth around themselves and become very isolated and then it turns into drugs and alcohol and all kinds of stuff because they're lonely and they're, you know, in bad shape. So, you know, I this probably isn't in vogue to say as a congressman today, but like we gotta just stop judging everybody. Like the older you get, the more it's like, look, I mean, we're all dealing with stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. family stuff, friends stuff, growing up stuff, you know, work stuff. It's all, we all do it. We're all yeah. human beings yeah. running around yeah. the same earth. Like, yeah. we've all got these things that yeah. we're dealing with. Heartache, tragedy, yeah. joy. I mean, we all go through the gamut. And um, we shouldn't be so judgmental of yeah. other people. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you can't evaluate and tell your kid not to talk to a stranger, but like, you know, be yeah. smart about this. Yeah. But there's so much instantaneous judgment yeah. on everything, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's just, it it's diminishing dialogue, our ability to communicate with each other. You see it mm -hmm. on social media is the biggest example of kind of the worst case scenario, I think. Like, you got 140 characters <laughs> to, you know, when you're dealing with politics, you're dealing with like, okay, I'm going to explain my version of tax reform in 140 characters or how we fix healthcare in 140 characters. And, you know, I know half the people are going to be for it and half the people are going to scream and yell about it. Like, that's not really a discussion. I mean, these are tools to help us communicate, but we've, we get in these default positions where, you know, I go on Fox News a lot, and a lot of Democrats don't go on Fox News, but I kind of like it, you know. <laughs> and I go on with these guys, and I, you know, dust it up with them, and you know, it's, it's it, I, I, I don't know what I may be sick, but I kind of like it, and and so we'll get followers mm -hmm. that are Fox News devotees, mm -hmm. and so Fox News will tweet out something that I was on, and then they get my Twitter handle, and then they follow me, and then they're off to the races, right? So now they're following my Twitter on every day. So, you know, and it's just so funny to see how they react to every little thing that I say. Like, I yeah. could not say one thing right. Be like, right. you know, I, I cut the grass and I swept the um, garage and I washed my wife's car, I babysat the kid and I, and I made him a birthday cake myself. And they would find something wrong with like what <laughs> I did. What are you? How come you're not working on legislation? You know, they, but yeah, they find something to like. And so you just gotta like, it's you know, can't take that stuff personal. But it's just an example of the hyper mm -hmm. partisanship and yeah. just the knee jerk, immediate on both sides. And I think people are getting exhausted from it, which is why Sharon to the rescue. You know? <laughs> 
Oh, it's, that makes it's like well, it's just yeah. like slow down. Like yeah. okay, time out. Yeah. You think about you know, I just think about like riding my bike down my grandparents. They lived about two blocks from me growing up and I'd ride I'd ride the bike down there and uh you know, they had the they had the old big band music radio station on. They were praying the rosary. <laughs> I'd walk in, there'd be some good they were Italian, so there was always something <laughs> cooking, a lot of garlic and I could smell it. And I was like they didn't. Have, they had a garden. It was like they weren't inundated, yeah. like we are, with information and opinions and people telling us how to think about things, and what our opinion should be about things. And it was just like, man, or the, when the country was more agrarian and farming, and it was like, look, there are three TV stations, maybe none, you know, going back a hundred years or so, um, the radio. Fireside chats. The president would come on and talk to the country, and you know, it's like, man, it sounds so relaxing. I mean, <laughs> it does. Like, yeah, I'm gonna like you know work my garden, farm a little bit. I mean, obviously it was hard work, but it was yeah, just absolutely. a quieter time. Yeah, it was a quieter time. Yeah, so it's a spiritual crisis all around, you know, and like yeah, and all all kinds of levels. I think the statistics. Someone googled it for me the other day. I think the statistic in America. Is that something like seventy-two percent of people said that they were lonely? Oh my goodness! You know, so whoa, it's a big number. That's a big number, three fourths. You know, so mm. maybe we do have to, you know, just more and more yeah. offer these skills, you know, or some skills, so that people mm -hmm. can slow down and and uh, have some sense of appreciation for what is, and, mm -hmm. and just um, get a little calmer because it's. It is frantic, and and the the reductionistic tendency is also really true. I saw you mm. quoted somewhere on Twitter, and it didn't sound like I thought he didn't he didn't really say that. So I went back to Morning Joe, which was the show you were on, mm -hmm. to hear what you actually said. Mm -hmm. You know, in that mm -hmm. in, in that oh, way, on the tax on the corporate tax. I don't remember yeah, what it was. You know, it was yeah. something I thought, I didn't think so. You know, like yeah. And then when I heard it, of course, it was a much more nuanced, fuller. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. but then I thought, oh, God, you have to check out everything. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah. You, you can't just say, oh, you know. Yeah. I'm all riled up. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in the, you know, the, the lonely piece, I'd be interested in your opinion on, um, you know, what, what do you tell somebody that's lonely? You know, like. What do you say? I mean, we were just meeting the other day with the postal workers, uh, letter carriers, and they were just talking about how on on their route in Youngstown, they see a lot of old people, and their interaction that they have with the letter carrier is the only interaction every single day that that senior citizen will have. Yeah. And I saw, jeez, oh man. That's that's your seventy two percent. Yeah, you know, right there. I mean, what do you tell somebody who's lonely? I mean, what do you say to them? Well, I mean, as a teacher, as a teacher, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think there's a certain connection to oneself that we and to the world, just a sense of life mm -hmm. um, that we can really develop. And and structurally, it doesn't exist. You know, it used to be maybe they would be part of a town that would mm -hmm. be more integrated in terms of age and mm -hmm. there'd be more respect as you yeah. said you know mm -hmm. toward a, a senior citizen but um 
families living together. Yeah. And, generationally. And there's something you could do. You're offering. You're not just receiving. You know, mm -hmm. it's not just a kind of charity thing that somebody comes to visit you, but you have the wisdom of the years you've lived. You mm -hmm. know, you've probably let go of a lot. You've seen a lot. And, and that was more solicited. You know, so to understand part of the problem is not of your making. You know, part of the problem is the way society has kind of degenerated in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and I would find a thing that you care about, you know, and even if it's a letter to the editor, that is your action. Mm -hmm. You know, you can take some action mm -hmm. or um, be of help, you know, in some way. Um, coach somebody help a kid read, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And if you can, you know, if that mm -hmm. kind of situation evolves. But basically, I think it's connecting to yourself in a different way so you don't feel so um, left out, mm -hmm. you know, that, that there's a fuller sense of uh, contact and connection mm -hmm. from your side, mm -hmm. you know, in, in doing that. And people get it, you know, like, I know technology is a really mixed bag. and um, But I've seen, like, people's parents, you know, friends' parents getting turned on to email. Mm -hmm. And and suddenly they're like, you know, mm -hmm. wow, you know, like I have a pen pal and, you know, yeah. some other part of the world. Yeah, or, yeah, Facebook. Yeah. See the grandkids' pictures and all that. Yeah, yeah. and and to whatever extent that can that can serve, I mm -hmm. think it's it's really it's a good thing. Yeah, it's connection. Yeah. It's all about connection and um and they have some wisdom. I should say, shouldn't say that. I should say we, <laughs> since uh, I am getting on in years. <laughs> but uh, you know, there is wisdom to to impart and to share. Um, it's tough though, you know, because the structures don't exist. Mm -hmm. Where um, I mean, if if we had national service, for example, mm. then there would be somebody visiting those people. Mm -hmm. And maybe talking to them in a sincere way, you mm -hmm. know, to learn from them yeah. as well as bring them a meal or right or whatever it is. Cut their or, grass you know, or, yeah. Yeah, and get that recipe from them, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and like, yeah, you know, begin to understand that, oh, life didn't always look this particular way. Yeah. Yeah. Give them some perspective. But now, you know, it's kind of, a, it's a shameful thing to get older in this country. And, uh, you know, so maybe... Another effort is to really, um, you know, try to turn that around in terms of media and, mm -hmm. and so on. Because uh, now I am older, and uh, <laughs> you want the media to. I, I, it. I, yeah, I want, I want to be honored. <laughs> you know, like I did qualify. I had a major birthday this year. Uh oh. I qualified for a certain card with oh, different my kind of health goodness. insurance. Uh, but I'm thinking about. It. I was in England with a friend of mine a couple of years ago, so we were both like over sixty at that point. And we went to some state park or national park or something, um, and they had a senior discount. So my friend asked for two tickets at that discounted rate, and the guy just handed them to her. And she was really upset. She said, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to say, no way, madam, are you over 60? <laughs> Why are you trying to pull it off? You know, like, right, right. show me some ID. And he was a lovely gentleman, immediately said, yes, show me some ID, right, you know? And so, yeah. of course, we were worthy of that discount. Um, you know, so there's a lot of culture to change, too, in yeah. terms of respect and, yeah. and understanding. You know, it's not really a shameful thing. It's pretty great. Yeah, actually. well, we're all going to do it.
hopefully. <laughs> yeah, God willing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's again, it all kind of gets back to the the disconnection. Yeah. You know, and if that's kind of like an underlying or connection is an underlying principle for us as we govern ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. how we build our communities, for example. Yeah. yeah. You know, more walkable, more connected to the downtown, to the river walk and the, have an amphitheater and, you know, facilities where we can experience entertainment together. Um, and the restaurants. I mean, you see it happening in some downtown yeah. communities yeah. where, yeah. you know, you don't need a car. Yeah. You know, um, public transit. Even in suburbs, they're developing downtown areas in the suburbs. That's nice. It's great, you know, and it's and yeah. people like it, and it's relaxing, and it's about community, and it's the old like as an Irishman, I say the pub. You know, it was a public house. It's where you would go, and that's where everybody socialized um, and got together. And you have two very convivial lineages of the Italians I, and the very, Irish. You know? have no idea. <laughs> You want to talk therapy? Okay. Sure, when we're offline. We'll, we'll start with the Italian side. And then we'll go to the Irish side. Nice. <laughs> very, very festive people. Yes. Very festive people. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's about figuring out how, you know, as we're, as we have to rebuild these communities, um, you know, how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it differently? How are we going to do it differently? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you know, everything after World War II was how do we move into the suburbs? Roads, water lines, sewer lines, mortgage deductions, you know, yeah. housing yeah. assistance. There were programs to convert farmland into entertainment. You know, people would take that and, you know, do golf courses in the suburbs and country clubs and all that stuff. And everything moved out. And I think now there's, there's a real need both because of the population increase but also a, a spiritual need of like con getting reconnected. Yeah, yeah. And how do we do that and and put things back downtown? And that's what millennials want, and that's what um, baby boomers want. You know, as they're getting a little bit older, they want to maybe ditch the car too, or at least one of the cars. And how do we like yeah. walk around? Yeah, and yeah. Like, you know, kind of tone it down a little bit. So great. So I see the same thing with green space. Mm -hmm. parks and mm -hmm. urban parks and urban agriculture like so that's a connection to the earth and mm -hmm. to nature and more and more studies are coming online of how beneficial that is to just take mm -hmm. a walk in the park yeah. literally yeah. and yeah. in the woods and um just kind of turn the phone off and get that connection so you got your connection to each other you got your connection to your environment and you know at the end of the day it all starts with the connection to yourself, yeah. as you articulated. Yeah. 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 So it's about, you know, and you, you just read, there's a great book called Sapiens. Have you read this book? Uh, I have not read it. I heard he's a student of Goenka's. He meditates tw two hours a day. Uh, yeah, he's a yeah. two hour man. Yeah. <laughs> and when you, I didn't know that when I read the book, and as yeah. I was reading it, I was like, this guy is an absolute meditator. Yeah, yeah. And then I didn't You're realize right. yeah. two hours a day, but, yeah, yeah. you know, makes yeah. sense. But the whole, the whole idea that that as a species, as Homo sapiens, we are social. Like we survive because of our That's ability right. to yeah. be connected yeah. to each other in environments where we're not the mm -hmm. biggest, not the fastest, not the strongest, and right. you know it was our it was our ability to communicate, our 
our social skills, and then obviously our brains develop uh, more and more, and then our ability to think, but to share thinking, to share thoughts. Like I went over there and there was a big bear. You, you know, if you go that way, just keep your eyes open and sharpen your spear, you know? And so that's kind of like another fundamental thing. Like we, we in order to survive, we have to be connected to each other in all kinds of different ways. And so the service is a piece, social and emotional learning with Dan Goleman and Linda Lantieri and so Mm -hmm. many of our friends Mm -hmm. are doing Mm -hmm. in schools now. And you see the results, Tim Shriver was in, so Tim who runs Special Olympics and also is chair of the board of CASEL, which is the Collaborative for Academic Social and Emotional Learning. Um, He was in town and he gave this presentation on social and emotional learning in the schools. And it's all about being connected, like the kids know each other's names, the kids share their personal stories, which are tough, mm-hmm. you know, the, their family situation, their neighborhood situation, all kinds of stuff. It, it, it very gently gets shared with the class. So anyway, he was going on about, it's like 11 percentile point increase in test scores, 10% increase in good behavior, 10% decrease in bad behavior. Teachers are happy. We're doing it in Youngstown and Warren City Schools. Fantastic. And I was at an opening, in the, we did it five years ago, and I go back and I check on a classroom, but we did the kickoff of the school year this year. These teachers are happy. They were cheering. I was like, we're all these terrorists that people are talking about, these teachers. Yeah. They, were, they were excited. They were energized. And so it gets back to they were connected. Yeah. They get a little quiet yeah. time every day. They yeah. teach the kids the quiet time. They're so connected with the kids. The kids are connected with them. Test score, they're moving. The, the state was in to take over the school. They're moving from like F grades on certain you know, evaluations to like C's and B's in the last couple of years. I mean, everything is trending in the right direction. So great. And everyone was happy. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, this is so amazing. But yeah. I, now I'm seeing the world through the Sapiens book now, and I'm thinking, yeah. it, it's the connection. It's the connection. But you, and unfortunately, we've got to kind of teach it. Yeah. Which was yeah. probably yeah. taught in homes with big right. 10, 12 kids, right. family, and right. there's a lot right. of fights along the way. But teaching that is, yeah. is essential. So you have the service component, you have social emotional learning in the schools, give kids an opportunity to get connected. You know, there's ways we can do this. Even when yeah. you expand healthcare yeah. coverage to people who don't have it, where you're doing prevention and you have yeah. people yeah. teaching you. You know how to yeah. how to eat yeah. and what to eat, yeah. and your docs are more engaged mm-hmm. rather than a drive-through. Here's a prescription. Good right. luck to you. Right. Address and the you symptom. You get mental health help. You get some yeah. mental health help. You know, in mindfulness-based stress reduction, yeah. maybe gets reimbursed. You know, yeah. these kind of other alternative approaches where the doctor and the nurses are actually spending a little bit more time with their patients yeah. instead yeah. of the drive-through medicine that we have so much of now. But it all gets back to that principle of connection. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so how do our policies evolve from this basic un- need that we have and understanding that we have? To me, that's that's amazing. Direction. I mean, that's on. amazing. I mean, I uh, usually at the end of, and I'm sure I have to go because you are very busy and you have all these other people. I'm waiting not on you. book tour, and podcast. No. You know, I'm just. <laughs> Trying to run a country. Here. Trying to run a country. Trying, <laughs> trying is the key word. You know, but usually I, I uh, ask people if there's another word for love that they use, and I say mine is connection. But I think we've we've gotten there. Yeah. I mean, it's all about connection. I totally agree, and uh, I think you're amazing in in elaborating that into social policy because yeah, 
that's what's governing our lives. That's what we weave together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and here we are. You know, like yeah. instead of thinking, wouldn't it be nice? You know, yeah. Like and let's create a world that actually reflects that. And everyone's got to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's hit me in the last few months. Like you just can't. Even with President Obama, it's like you can't do everything. Like we. Yeah. Are citizens yeah. Yeah. of yeah. this country. We all have some stake and responsibility, and you can't you can't just say, "Well, and Democrats are famous for this. Like, we're going to elect this president, and we'll fall in love with this president, whoever it is. We're going to fall in love, and they're going to just make everything right. And I'm going to go back to you know eating vegan, you know, or whatever <laughs> it is we do. And and it's like no. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. That has not worked out well for us. Yeah. You know, yeah. it hasn't worked out well for the country. Lots of work to do. Yeah. And everybody's got to, you know, obviously you got kids and people are busy and there'll be periods of your life where you're going to be dedicated. Mm -hmm. And that, that is the most important thing you could do for the country mm -hmm. is raise good kids yeah. that are, yeah. you know, um, connected and sane and yeah. Yeah. happy. So stay focused on that, but then as time frees up, and then up, vote, and then certainly vote, and pay a little bit of attention, and then yeah. teach your kids how to vote, and yeah. take them to the polls with you, and yeah. raise good civically minded kids. But mm -hmm. I just remember growing up, and it's my grandfather was an usher at church. He was, he ran the beer tent at the at the festival. <laughs> my Italian grandfather, um, and he was um, very involved with his union other than that he would help build the the, the school um you know very civically yeah. minded yeah. in every aspect yeah. that was a part of it my grandmother was the rotary club and my grandmother ran the campaign for her boss who was the sheriff in the county they were all involved yeah. and it was like yeah. that was just a part of the thing yeah. you know yeah. you're an usher yeah. at the church i mean yeah. that's what you yeah. do you know yeah. you help out the festival and you help out and volunteer and you you know, and it was just, we got to get that back. That generation yeah. had it. Yeah, yeah. That World War II generation. Yeah. Depression, yeah. war, yeah. Po post-war, it was all like, we're in this together. Then, you know, getting out of it, you know, and we got to get that connection back. I completely agree. Wow. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to chat with us today. The work you're doing is truly inspiring. And I, for one, feel very lifted up by your approach to politics and social change. To find out more about Congressman Tim Ryan's work, visit www.timryan.house.gov. And I highly recommend his book, A Mindful Nation. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Be Here Now Network. Join us this summer for the Real Love Challenge. To get your copy of Real Love, visit SharonSalzberg.com. May all beings be happy.